Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest is uh, Nav Dune. He's the CEO of Imaginea. The website is imaginea.ai. It's spelled imagine with the A after it, uh, .ai. So Nav, how are you today? I'm doing really well, Richard. Thank you very much. Yeah. So tell me about the uh, the company. What's the premise? Sure. So Imaginea AI is built around the premise uh, of democratizing artificial intelligence. And I know that's a bunch of big words, but what we're essentially looking at doing is providing artificial intelligence for everybody. Artificial intelligence is this game-changing technology that we know is going to allow every business to scale. It's going to permeate every business function, but there's so many organizations that just can't afford to, to utilize artificial intelligence from the, the, the small coffee shop at, uh, down the corner street. It can benefit from AI, but how does it get started and, and how can it make that investment? Certainly the large industrial companies that are heavy into artificial intelligence have the dollars to do it, but not everybody does. And so our goal is mm. to be able to provide a platform where everyone can get access to artificial intelligence. So yeah, within artificial intelligence, what where is the big expense? Is it in uh, gathering enough data to make an interpretation? Is it in you know the experts that you need to create algorithms? Like where are the expensive parts of it? Yeah, it's a combination uh, of of things. Uh, you know, I, I would say that the first uh, item is is just finding uh, good talent. Artificial uh, intelligence talent, such as data scientists, um, they're not only in short supply globally, uh, but when you do find them, they're fairly uh, well-educated individuals, and as a result, you're paying a, a hefty salary uh, to get them on board. Uh, and then the other part of it is is just in compute resources. Uh, artificial intelligence requires heavy processing power. And so you're either going to invest in, in big servers and uh, computers uh, in your office, or you're going to invest in some type of a cloud infrastructure, say by Google or Amazon, and both of those propositions are very expensive and not for the faint of heart. So those are the two main areas. Uh, certainly, as you look at other types of things that you need for artificial intelligence, such as data itself, uh, getting that data, collecting that data can also be an expense. We've also found that when you have data, if the data isn't clean and you need to cleanse that data or you need to label that data, that's an expense that a lot of companies can undertake uh, either. So it's just a, a very expensive area to play in right now. And we think that the, the benefits of AI are so great that we, we really want everyone to get involved. So how are you going to uh, make it accessible to companies that, you know, again, don't have uh, the money to do it full-fledged? What are you, know, you going to do? Well, a few things we're going to look at doing. First, our platform creates an ecosystem where you can get access to great talent. So being in North America, uh, data scientists are, are a pretty penny here in North America. But certainly, if you look at the different countries uh, that have data scientists, you look at places like India and China that have really led the uh, the foray into data science because they have a fairly uh, dense mathematics background. 
those guys, those countries have a lot of data scientists that we can't tap into. Uh, we just don't know where they are and, and how to access them. So our, our ecosystem bridges the gap where it allows people in North America or organizations in North America to be able to tap into data scientists all over the world, no matter where they are. And that now starts to bring down the cost of AI because you've increased the pool of data scientists you've got. We go beyond that by allowing uh, data scientists to, to create, use our marketplace to actually sell and commoditize artificial intelligence. So if you're a data scientist and you've built some fantastic models and algorithms, you can put them on our marketplace and sell them. And so now you're actually selling reusable artificial intelligence, no, not dissimilar to apps that you find in App Store. And if you can just imagine what, uh, what the apps have done in app stores, is they're 99 cents and now all of a sudden you replace an entire device uh, you no longer need a dedicated GPS system. You no longer need a dedicated, uh, you know, uh, handheld to make notes or to take a to-do list. It's all done in by 99-cent apps. So, and similarly, we're trying to create a marketplace where artificial intelligence is, is commoditized. And then the last thing that we do with our platform is we give you access to resources that can help you with the data problem. If you are looking for somebody to share data, you'll have access to individuals that have data all over the world. Um, or if you're looking for people to help you clean that data, imagine having someone that's in a, uh, a third world country, let's say that they're in, in, you know, in Africa, and they can help you clean that data. For us, a dollar US a day isn't a lot of money, but to an individual in, in Africa, a dollar US would be significant. And so for that same dollar, you could probably get a lot of data cleaned and labeled by this individual. So we're looking at using global talent all across the world to help you cleanse your data. So it's no longer costing you $200 an hour to clean the data. It's going to be a dollar a day or, or whatever the number it is that you negotiate with some person in, in one of these third world countries. Well, in addition to the talent, and that's great. Uh, well, let's, let's stick with the talent for a minute. Have you identified which countries tend to produce the uh, the best data scientists and which ones are just not there yet? Yeah, certainly I think that the two countries that, that we're really excited about is, is China and India. And, and that has to do with the fact that their curriculum, uh, their educational curriculum from day one is very focused on mathematics. Uh, you know, in, in grade one and two, they start hammering you with deep mathematic facts and we have seen and studies have shown that students at, at, a, uh, at a grade five level in those countries, mathematical skills are much higher than equivalent students in North America here. And so we're finding that they're churning out um, uh, data scientists at a much faster pace. So it's not just about the, the size of the population in those countries, but it's the, the fact that they're very focused on math. So those are the two areas that we think is critical. We've also seen an explosion of data scientists in countries like Singapore and in Vietnam, uh, where they've started to focus on, on data and intellectual uh, or, or mathematical problems around data. And so that's exciting for us. I think the countries that, that have, have really disappointed me uh, around having uh, abundance of data scientists, and I, and I use that word disappointed loosely, would be my own country, Canada. Uh, we just haven't produced enough data scientists. Uh, and, and we've got a, a decent sized population, but we haven't had that focus on, on data for a while. And, uh, you know, certainly I think the U.S. has is, is done far better than we have. Um, certainly I think the U.S. has benefited from a lot of, uh, of immigrants or immigration of uh, tech talent from different countries coming in. Um, but, so that's no surprise that they've got a much better pool of data scientists than, than we do in Canada. 
So what uh, to use the platform? Is there a fee to use it, or uh, you know, how does how does the platform make money? Yeah, you know, the platform, the way the platform operates is that underlying the platform, when we were looking at at building it, we wanted to look at speed of transactions. We also wanted to look at being able to do really quick contracts between two parties. So if you're a data scientist in in uh, in the states and you want to contract out some person, let's just say in 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 Africa to do your data labeling, how do you get that contract to go fairly quickly? And then how do you how do you then deal with payment after the fact? You know, certainly that person in Africa would want their money right away so they can go in and and buy their daily bread or what have you. And so you can't say, hey, I'll pay you in 30 days. Uh, at the same time, it's a small payment. It, it may only be a few dollars. Um, and so if you take those few dollars and you try to pay it in a traditional way, such as a credit card uh, or um, even like PayPal, the fees are going to kill you. And so you just can't afford to pay those few dollars. So what we, what we started looking at was using blockchain and cryptocurrencies for that. Could we use a blockchain platform that allows us to create what we call smart contracts on demand? So as you and I negotiate on terms, a smart contract in the blockchain is generated. And, and our transactions are governed by this smart contract. And when the work is done, the smart contract completes and cryptocurrency tokens are exchanged. And so that affords us a couple of things. One is using cryptocurrency, we no longer have to worry about uh, conversion rates associated with currency. I don't have to worry about jurisdictional taxes. Uh, I don't really need to worry about anything other than the contract is done and you've got your tokens. And it's on the on the the uh, the, the service providers onus to take their tokens and convert them to fiat, traditional currency in their own jurisdiction. It's not something I have to worry about. That allows us to do micro payments where we're talking about sending two or three dollars with almost minimal fees, uh, and it happens very quickly. There is no waiting for a wire to clear. It's five to seven business days. It can happen within within minutes. Of the transaction, right. so the underlying uh, underlying our platform is a blockchain system uh, that uses the currency. So what we've done within the, this platform is how we make money is not dissimilar to a lot of other service providers. Uh, we take a percent of that transaction that occurs. So if you're if you're working with a, um, a data scientist and you're and you're actually acquiring their data model that they've put in their marketplace we take a percentage of that transaction. If you're working with a, a data labeler, say in Africa, and you're transmitting them $5 for the work they've done, we take a percentage of that transaction. Any transaction on our platform, that's how we get paid. So can uh, buyers of these services, do they only pay in crypto? And if so, which token? Yeah, they only pay in crypto. Uh, and uh, what we're looking at is a couple of different options. Uh, one is we are looking at rolling out our own token uh, for use within our own ecosystem. And that token will be, you will be able to convert it to other tokens such as Ethereum. Uh, we're also looking at potentially even just leveraging uh, and a, to a token like Ethereum and using it on a platform. We haven't finalized that because our, our platform isn't completely developed yet. Um, we are underlying using the Ethereum plat uh, blockchain platform. And so it made sense for us to use an Ethereum-based token uh, there. So we are exploring both options and we haven't nailed down exactly which one we'll, we'll land on. Uh, I suspect that we will most likely end up using um, the Ethereum token. Are you uh, so you're going to deal with fiat at all, or just straight crypto to crypto transactions? Well, we will use a fiat. Uh, we will allow you to use our system to co to convert your fiat to crypto. So we will partner with uh, exchanges where if you come onto our platform and and you're in need of of tokens, uh, then we'll provide you uh, an integrated approach where you can 
convert your fiat right to uh, to our tokens. Well, one issue I potentially see is, you know, you mentioned earlier, a dollar or five dollars could be very significant to someone in Africa. So let's say I pay if they work in Ethereum, then the price drops a lot. You know, uh, on the other end, on the back end, the people that are providing the services, I would think that you'd want to provide them an option to get them out of crypto and into fiat as fast as possible so that they don't uh, get whacked in case the price goes down. If it goes up, they benefit, but there's a downside risk too. Yeah, there is. And and that's why we want the, the transaction to occur fairly quickly. Uh, and then we want to have uh, the people that uh, that have the Ether, uh, at that point, they can convert it right away. Or if they choose to hold it, they can choose to hold it. Um, that's still a decision of theirs. If they're betting on Ethereum going up in the long term, they may want to hold on to it. But if they need it right away, they're most likely going to convert it right away. So we think there might right. be some volatility that we have to deal with. Um, you know, for a period of time there. But we're, if you also look at what's happened with cryptocurrency, the volatility has certainly, uh, I, I guess, subsided a little bit. Uh, the Ethereum is, is, is pegged at a decent price now, and it certainly is going up a little bit here and there, but not the crazy, um, crazy roller coaster we saw uh, earlier this year at the beginning of this year. Hmm. Um, so, in addition to providing these services, um, what else, you know, will the platform provide? You said it uh, again, a democratized access to to AI. Um, is it just the talent or is there other aspects you want to bring into it? Well, the, the talent is a key aspect of it, but the other core piece that I'm really excited about is the marketplace itself. And we're calling it a smart market. And it's a place where uh, data scientists can actually commoditize their artificial intelligence. So, you know, we run into a lot of data scientists that um, are consulting. So they work for different organizations and after hours, they might be working on some of their own projects we want to be able to give them an opportunity to sell work that they've been working on. So if they're at home at the end of the day and they're solving some very complex problems, you know, can we provide them a place to go and sell their models so that they can actually have a new, another revenue stream rather than just relying on their, you know, eight to five job, can they actually do some, some other work uh, in, uh, in data analysis? And then by allowing them to put it up where other people can use it, we now start to avoid people recreating exactly what's already out there. Uh, and then we're going to start to see this model very similar to like an app store where people can go on there and they can find inexpensive data models. And where I see that kind of going more longer term is not dissimilar to something like WordPress. If you think about it today, if you needed an e-commerce website to sell your goods, you could literally go to WordPress and you could pick the template you want for your website. You could pick, you know, the style of catalog you want. Uh, you, you can select that you want a shopping cart. You, you select your payment gateway and then, you know, load your product in there and away you go. You've got an e-commerce site probably in under an hour. I, I think of artificial intelligence as something very similar in the future as we need things done for us, whether it's ro robotic process op um, automation uh, or it's something like natural language processing. I could, I could go to this app store, pull that down. And, a, and maybe sequentially add a few different AI components to it, customize them, and now I've got some artificial intelligence doing some work for me. And that's where I think that, that the, the, all of artificial intelligence is going. We're pretty far away from that. I, I would tell you we're probably, I would say anywhere from three to four years, maybe even five years away from that. But it's certainly where the hockey puck is going, and that's what excites me. So our platform is, is getting us ready for that by making uh, reusable artificial components available to anybody. All right, standard libraries that have been coded that can do, like you said, natural language processing, machine vision, et cetera, those kinds of things. Yeah, if you think about it, let's say you're sitting there and, and, and you're just getting an influx of, of emails coming in. 
wouldn't you like to be able to just have those emails organized and you want to organize it your way? Maybe you don't want to get alerted to all these emails, maybe only to certain ones that right. come through. Uh, maybe you want to be able to have emails automatically sent out to one of your partners. You could then pull down natural language processing um, AI that looks at not only, not only who it's from, but things like sentiment analysis. If the, is the person that sent it to you really upset? Are they using words that are really uh, that show that the person's upset and angry? And is it related to topic X, Y, Z? If so, send it over here. And now all of a sudden your work has become lighter as a result. And so we think that everyone in the workplace should be using these types of, of AI to become much more efficient at their work, where they're spending less time just digging through a bunch of emails that don't make sense uh, or even documents that don't make sense. And they can focus on, on the real work that needs their attention. Hmm. So, all right, you said you're in development on the platform. What stage are you at <clears throat> and what's going to happen over the next six to 12 months? Well, we, we are hoping to have a uh, the platform up and running within nine months. Uh, and so we're still in the heavy throes of it, uh, working through all the different various aspects of it. The, the parts that are, are slowing us down the most right now um, are around the cryptocurrency component of it. Uh, and it's really working through how does a smart contract work What's the life of the smart contract? How does it tie in with, uh, uh, you know, people all over the world? Uh, and how do we make their tokens accessible uh, to them when they need them? So there's lots of elements of that. We're really making sure that, that people that are transacting on our platform uh, can do so seamlessly and can do so without a, a, lot, of, uh, a lot of confusion over, hey, where, where do my tokens exist? Do I need a special wallet? We're, we're trying to encompass all of that so that it's a one-stop shop for these people. Because if you think about the types of individuals that will be using our, our system, we'll certainly have data scientists, uh, maybe PhDs, master level data scientists, all the way down to say uh, it's a stay-at-home parent. Uh, and that stay-at-home parent is looking for another revenue stream. So they're going to help data scientists label and clean their data. Uh, and so, you know, it's a full gamut uh, of, of education level. Uh, and experience with the technology. So we're trying to make it very simple. We want it to work on everybody's mobile device. So just from your phone, you can sit there and, and do data labeling, whether it's a, a cat or a dog type of labeling uh, or more, more complicated than that. Um, you know, have you thought about separating out the cryptocurrency backend for now and just using fiat to get the, uh, the platform up and running faster? We thought about that, but then in order to, for us to do that effectively, we're going to be ha having to um, do a lot of, of um, organizational setup to, to deal with uh, currency conversion uh, and to deal with jurisdictional taxes. So that's the only challenge we have is, is we thought we'd rather just do the, do the right thing, which is cryptocurrency. Hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. very good. Uh, so what's the best way for people to get updates on what's going on? How should they reach out you know, through what channels? Yeah, our website is, is the best way to hit us up. We've got a contact us section in there, and you can hit that up. Once you subscribe to the website, we have a place to subscribe for the newsletter. You'll get regular newsletters, uh, and you can follow us on that. The other place that's great is social media. We're constantly sharing updates uh, in terms of what we're up to and, and uh, latest uh, findings. We also do a lot of education um, through our, our social media as well. All right. Well, very good. Well, Nev, uh, looking great. forward to the platform launching, and I uh, appreciate you coming on the podcast. Great. Thank you very much for having me. I certainly enjoyed it. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies 
that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. 